Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Talk Radio Show. This empowerment radio show inspires, motivates, and helps people discover strategies that assist them in improving their personal and professional life. And we interview entrepreneurs and business owners who will share their experience. Tune in, listen in, and call in with questions at 516-453-9480. Now, here's your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Good day. It's your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Glad that you could be with us this evening. We are going to have an amazing time, and we're going to have an amazing time because we have an amazing guest. And before I get started on the bio, I just want to make sure that our uh, guest expert here, uh, Rebecca McFadden, and see how that she is doing today. And uh, yes, I want to make sure today that our guest expert, uh, that Rebecca McFadden is with us. Rebecca, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fine today, and how are you? Hey, doing great. Looking forward to interviewing you. And as I talk to all the listeners out there in the for the Wealthy Speaker Talk radio show, I want to let them know that this is your host, Paul Lawrence Van, bringing this great episode here today. And this episode is titled, a New York-based novelist and poet, Rebecca McFadden. And today she's going to share her thoughts on her insight on her background, her books, and, of course, her ideal clients. And before we get started, I always read that bio, and it reads as follows. Rebecca McFadden is a self-published author of Strong Enough for a Man and Surfing to Find the One. She is a novelist, poet, and copywriter. She worked for New York City Transit as an associate staff analyst her book, Strong Enough for a Man, gave birth to New York City Transit's company-approved Poetry Club. She co-founded, named it, became president of 100-member Strong Spoken Word Artist Club. Rebecca's well-written letters have touched the hearts of many people, even the famous motivational speaker, Les Brown. And he states, there is something about her writing that touched me. Rebecca was born a sharecropper's daughter in South Carolina. She's a graduate of the great Shaw University and the proud parent of one son. She resides in Kings County, New York, and you can find out more about Rebecca at www.anewenterprises.net, and we'll get back to that just a little bit later as we uh, delve more and more into this interview. So, Rebecca, again, uh, glad to have you on this show. Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Show. And we want to talk, of course, uh, this evening about your two amazing books. So please share a bit about yourself so listeners can learn more about you. And as I read your bio, you're the daughter of a sharecropper. How did this experience prepare you for college, a career, successful career, and ultimately as a novelist and poet? Okay, Paul, thank you so much um, for that question. And I will gladly share with the listeners how my experience as as, um, sharecropper's daughter prepared me for college, a career, a poet, and a novelist. I always started like this, from sharecropper's daughter to published author. This South Carolina-born little acorn, was destined to become a New York Big Apple full-grown. 
Believe it or not, I'm the ninth child of 15 children. My penniless parents were hard-working tobacco and cotton-farming sharecroppers, and they loved their children. We lived in a big, old, dilapidated house surrounded by a beautiful garden because my mother, she had a passion for, you know, growing vegetables, and people would come, like, miles around, you know, just to sample her um, beautiful garden. The house um, that we lived in was owned by a white man, and we experienced hard times. In the winter, the house was so big, damp, and cold, even the wood-burning heater caught a cold. From sunrise to sunset, we labeled, we labored hard in the tobacco and rattlesnakes' hot dirt field, and on bruised bending knees, we picked bales of cotton with no time left for the kids to be rotten. And I wanted a better life than the sharecropper's humdrum. Education was the key that opened the door that saved me from becoming a forever tobacco-stringing, cotton-picking becker. My tuition-free college scholarship got me a Shaw University business degree that landed me an associate staff analyst position at New York City Transit. And while there, I took my creative writing collection I had accumulated over the years and self-published my first book, Strong Enough for a Man, and then I later published Surfing to Find the One. Uh, fantastic. And uh, that's really a great uh, backstory as it pertains to your upbringing and your life. And the thing about it, I, I believe not only I but other listeners take from it is that you're talking about real life. It's nothing imagined. It's real life. And you've taken that and honed that into a career. You had a vision. You had goals. And you set those goals. And not only did you set them, but you also uh, exceeded them, which I think is very remarkable. So a lot of people can take inspiration uh, from the fact of you sharing your story. And trust me, I do know about that string and that tobacco because I did the same thing. <laughs> so so yes. thank you very much for that. That brought back a memory that said, hey, you know, I need to get to the gym and get in shape. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be in shape to do that stuff. So uh, thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Thank you so much for that backstory. And um, uh, you're the author of two amazing books. Uh, who is your book for, Rebecca? And uh, who is your ideal target market for the books? And let, we'll start with Strong Enough for a Man and then move forward to Surfing to Find the One. Okay, so both of my books are geared toward the working-class women of color, ages 25 to 45. But I just want the men to know that strong enough for a man is still strong enough for a man. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so the book itself, uh, when you look at it, uh, the assumption is that it's just for women, but it's just equally for men as well. So we want all the men who are out there to listen, uh, you know, go on and gravitate, embrace that book. We can all learn something new. So uh, excellent point, uh, Rebecca, and, and thank you so much for that. So um, now on to your books. And as I stated before, uh, let's talk about the genre of your book, a Strong Strong Enough for a Man, and provide a brief synopsis of the book and what your ideal readers can expect when they purchase it, and we want them to purchase a lot. Yes. 
Well, strong enough for a man is a lyric and narrative poetry book, and it focuses on relationship issues from a female perspective and is explicitly designed to make a noticeable difference in life. It's about knowing when to love and when to let love go. Plus, it promotes the importance of a good education. And when readers purchase my book, they can expect to be entertained, educated, uplifted, touched, moved, and inspired. Excellent, excellent. And uh, when we uh, look at uh, Arthur, uh, I'm an Arthur myself, and I know that that takes uh, quite a bit of effort, a lot of thought, time. It also takes patience. Hurry up and get it written, but also be patient in letting the story develop, letting the content develop to help those who are going to read it. And I think that is really uh, tremendous. So thank you for sharing that, Rebecca. You're welcome. Yes. What remarks preceded renowned motivational speaker Les Brown stating, there is something about your writing that touched me? Well, what happened is I wrote Les Brown a heartfelt letter. And I still remember the first line of that letter because I said, please don't hate me because I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) And what I did was I juxtaposed um, his performance as a TV talk show host versus his motivational speaking. And I told him which position I felt illuminated him from within and allowed him to be his authentic self. And Les Brown, he was so moved by my letter that he called me at home, and when he called me, he didn't really identify himself at first because um, when I picked up the phone, I said, hello, and he said, Rebecca. (laughs) And I said, yes, and um, he said, Rebecca. And I said, yes, and every time I'm saying yes, I'm listening to his voice, and I'm saying to myself, his voice sounds so familiar. I know this voice. Uh-huh. Who is this man? And then the third time, I said, um, he said, Rebecca, and I said, yes, and then he said, this is Les Brown. And I said, Les Brown? He said, yes. He said, um, I got your letter. And I said, you mean to tell me that you read your own letters and open your own mail? He said, yes. He said, I normally receive over 500 letters a day, but there was something about your writing that touched me. And so um, what he did was he, he invited me um, to attend his show, but he told me to come early. And um, But what I did was I went to work, and I got off at my regular time, and um, I immediately, you know, headed for his um, studio. But to my surprise, when I got there, the line was so long, and I was stuck in the line, and by the time I got in, because um, he had told me to tell uh, one of the people that worked for him, you know, to uh-huh. allow me to, um, you know, see him before the show so I could introduce myself to him. But when I finally uh-huh. got in and I spoke to her, she said that it was too close um, for the show to start, so uh-huh. I could not um, introduce myself at that time. So what I did was I still managed to introduce myself, but I did it. Um, in between commercial breaks of the show. Oh, wonderful. That's a great story, too. I've met Les several times, his children, Jonathan and Ona. I met them when they were young uh, at the 
National Speakers Association Convention in Orlando, Florida, and he just has just an engaging personality, and it's the real him. I mean, he's really one of the most powerful speakers I've ever heard in my life, and uh, I really, um, really hold him in high esteem for what he does because what he does is not easy. And for him to recognize your book like that also speaks volumes as well because, you know, he's seen a lot of books in his time, and if he's receiving 500 letters per day to pick yours out of that stack and give you a call, it really speaks volumes about the impact uh, that uh, your writing had on him. So uh, congratulations uh, with that for sure. And uh, since since that time, just uh, um, out of curiosity, have you had any opportunity to uh, uh, touch base with him again? Actually, Yes, I did. I went to, um, I think I went to two other events um, where he was. I think this was um, after he had um, actually found out that he had, I think he has prostate cancer. and um, uh-huh. Right. And at that time, he was like, you know, going through some changes. But um, he still was as good as ever when it came to um, motivational speaking. Yes, yes, he, mm-hmm. he is tremendous. Yes, and uh, I really uh, like his personality, and he's he's very real, and he's trained so many people as well, which I, I think is also the fact that everybody respects his his uh, craft, and and that's a very unique position to be in. So uh, thanks for sharing that. No one else has that story, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a testimony, by the way. So uh, what I want to talk about now, we're going to transition into your second book, which is uh, titled Surfing to Find the One. And I know for a fact that my listeners can't wait for you to share what this book is about. So, Rebecca, what can readers expect from this amazing book? If you can please provide a synopsis of, of uh, Surfing to Find the One. Okay, Surfing to Find the One is a romance thriller and I often say a whodunit novel. It's about a lonely woman and a desperate man's search to find their soulmates through computer love. And readers can expect to experience uh, what other satisfied customers are saying. And um, they're saying, that book changed my life. An excellent read, so mesmerizing, painstakingly funny, a little girl said, uh, when well, she was 13 years old, she said, I cannot put it down. Well, I certainly enjoyed reading it. Uh, you have such a way with words. I think you're a better writer than Maya Angelou. And one customer said, and I will not reveal his name, but at least <laughs> now you know it's a man. But one customer said, he said, I would tell you to send a copy of your book to George Bush, but I don't think he can read Oh wow, that's that's really uh, really amazing. That's really amazing. So uh, that that is really great. And and again, I want to we look at the backstory. And uh, you growing up as a sharecropper's daughter, did you ever imagine in your wildest dreams that you would be writing, uh, be a novelist, uh, and writing uh, the two books that you've written? Well, to be honest, yes. And I'll tell you yeah. why, because as a little uh-huh. girl, I always had a passion for writing. I just loved to write. Okay. And um, it was kind of like an escape. 
from the uh, sure. daily mundane work that we were doing and the long hours that we were putting in um, and also the inclement weather, you know, because sometimes it was extremely hot. Um, and so uh, sometimes just to um, go, you know, go into your private little space and be alone with your thoughts, um, yes. I would just write it down on, on paper. Mm-hmm. That is really tremendous. And, and again, uh, and likewise, are you a, were you a, a big reader as well at that age when you first started to write? Yes. Write yes, down. I love to, okay. read, um, to read as well. I was always a bookworm. Oh, great. Fantastic. And, and though that normally goes hand in hand. And uh, I, I think that a lot of people, uh, when they think about people who write books, a lot of times we write these books because we've seen someone else write them and we want to do uh, something similar. And I think in your particular case, uh, you've been doing it for a lot, lot longer than I ever did it. And um, I, I used to read, but not as much. And, and um, I, I think today that when our English teachers look back on this, they'll know that they did their jobs, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right, absolutely. Yeah, they, they know that they did their job. So thank you for sharing that, Rebecca. And uh, we're going to uh, move on and transition to the next question. Of course, the next question that I'm going to ask you, it kind of centers around entrepreneurship. And being an author, that's exactly a part of, of what you do. Uh, and and that's just something that's that's a part of it. Uh, and as an author, as an entrepreneur, as you lead your company, uh, what is the name of it, and how did you come up with the title for it? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, the name <laughs> of my company—it <laughs> really is. Uh, the name it of is? my company is A New Enterprises, and um, the first four letters are capital letters. Because a new is an acronym for another Nubian excellent writer, and I named uh-huh. the company based on my distinguishing personal character traits. Mm-hmm. And um, when it comes to um, COVID nineteen, um, yeah. COVID nineteen actually put the entire world on pause. It made us stop, look, and listen, and it showed um, it slowed down the mail delivery system. But other than that, um, my business is fine. Oh, great. Yeah, and that that's definitely one of the things that we all looked at. Uh, and, of course, you made that pivot for your company. And, of course, you were in the epicenter of uh, the COVID-19, of the pandemic, which uh, really was uh, devastating. It really was. And uh, now New York is back on its feet. It's recovering. It's less than 1%, I believe, with infections nationally. So uh, one of the things that uh, uh, one has to consider is that even despite uh, having this life challenge, its hurdles in life and the quicksands of life, I call it, uh, even with COVID-19, you were able to still move forward with your books and uh, just having that faith and that belief in yourself to keep keep going because a lot of companies and a lot of business owners aren't going forward. They, they've, the door is closed. It's over. They would never uh, return, so it's great to see that because the arts are very, very important. Books are very important. Novels are very important, and poetry for sure is very important. So it's great to see that you're uh, continuing to move forward with that. So uh, that's that's uh, one of the things that we can say, of course, for all of our uh, New York uh, City uh, 
based uh, authors such as yourself. And uh, I want to delve a little bit now into uh, you being uh, a poet as well. And so, uh, Rebecca, uh, books, uh, your books gave birth to the New York City Transit Port Tree Club. Uh, please share how your poetry club continues to breathe life into the community you serve. And absolutely, if you want to talk about some of the club members who have that have books and CDs uh, as well. Oh, well, thank you so much. And I'm going to just repeat that question because, you know, sure. just to make sure I have it um, correct. Um, I think you said, how does the Poetry Club continues to breathe life into the community? Is that right? That's correct, yes. Okay, so the the way I look at it, um, I feel that we were able to do it through the power of one and oneness. Um, The Poetry Club continues to breathe life into the community. And the reason why I say one and oneness, because it was my one book, Strong Enough for a Man, that gave birth to the New York City Transit Poetry Club, but it was one woman, and her name is Sylvia Isabel, who suggested that I create a poetry club and be the president of it. And this happened while I was showing my book of poems to her so she could spread the word in the transit newsletter. And then the oneness in us, Sylvia and me, um, invited other transit employees to join the club. And we are lifetime members and the only um club and we are the only club that has a poem as a poet and i'm going to just repeat it again we are the only club that has a poem as a poet and his name is gnome poem and several gifted members have published books or cds and they are paul carlos christine christine knight Judith Lavelle, Tom McDonald, Noam Poem, Blue Sky. See, we even have a blue sky. Warren Scraw, and, of course, me, Rebecca McFadden. And the Poetry Club has always been um, a lunchtime performing group, and uh, we uplift, and we're also um, boosting employees' morale. Morell and um, we believe that a happy employee is a productive employee, and their joy and positive en- energy will benefit everyone in the community. And some of the um, club special guest speakers um, that we've had over the years have been news reporter Dominic Carter. And um, for those people out there who don't know, Dominic Carter was the first person. Um, Nelson Mandela allowed to interview him after he served 27 years in prison. And then we also had Abia Dune, I call him Dune. He is a prolific poet, and he's also one of the founding members of The Last Poet. And then we had uh, Rom Neal. He is New Eurekan Poet, Cafe Artistic Theater Director. and But most people know him at, for doing the uh, the one-man show for um, Thelonious Spare Monk. And uh, for those yeah. who don't know who Thelonious Monk is, he is the um, jazz uh, pianist 
and I call him the flat finger playing pianist because he hits uh-huh. the um, you know the keys real hard and flat with his fingers. And then we uh-huh. also had another young lady. Her name is Jewel Allison, and she is a model and an author. Oh, fantastic! That that is uh, quite a uh, list of really uh, tremendous poets, and and the fact that again you're uh, providing uh, life to uh, your the company that you work for, and I, I think that's just great. And poetry goes back so many thousands of years, and to, to see it still being celebrated is really, really tremendous. And, of course, I know that uh, some of the club members have, have uh, separated from the New York City Transit, uh, but um, you still also have a membership, correct? Well, uh, when we uh, set up the club, I put one of the goals as that we are lifetime members. So as far as I'm concerned, um, the club and all of the members, whether they have separated or not, they are still members. And um, after the pandemic, you know, when it's clear and people can gather and breathe freely, Mm -hmm. um, we're going to – have an event, and so I'm going to notify them. I just have to find uh, the perfect venue, and it'll probably be someplace in um, in Brooklyn, but it'll be in an uh, area that's easy for everyone to um, to get to. Uh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So you keep the momentum going, and it looks like things are turning around, uh, again, uh, in certain spots. And, of course, New Yorker, uh, uh, went out there, and uh, they were uh, experiencing so much, again, being the epic center of everything that took place. Uh, but that doesn't stop you from writing books, and it doesn't stop you from the poetry. And I think that is uh, wonderful and that it continues. And, uh, uh, Rebecca, uh, our interview is coming to a close. Is there anything else you would like to share with listeners? Well, I would just like to thank um, everyone that's tuning in, uh, because I sent out um, a lot of invites. Um, I invited mm-hmm. all, practically all of my siblings and a lot of my, oh, um, you know, cousins, and um, a lot of them said that they were going to attend. You know, so uh, well they said they were going to listen in. So I just like to thank them, you know, for being here and listening. Oh, fantastic! And I can see from my board here in the studio that they are listening. <laughs> I can see the phone <laughs> numbers on here. <laughs> so, yes, I, I definitely see them and thank them for being on this. And I, I do have another question for you as it pertains to uh, being an author. Do you have another book in the works or do you have other ideas for the current books that you have, if you want to share that at this time? Well, I do have um, big plans for my book, Surfing to Find the One, but mm-hmm. I don't want to reveal that plan just yet. Okay. I'm going to keep it to myself. I will honor that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will honor that. I understand. Okay. And uh, so that's, that's fantastic. And um, I, I really appreciate you uh, this evening uh, coming on to share your backstory about your ideal uh, readership, uh, your target market, and everything. I think that's very important. 
And uh, how can listeners learn more about you and your books, Rebecca? If you could please provide your uh, website address so our listeners can discover more about you and your amazing books. And please share with the listening audience and those who will listen on the archive, if you would share share that with us here. Okay. Um, for those of you, uh, my name is Rebecca McFadden, and my mm-hmm. website is www.anewenterprises.net. And I'll just uh, spell it out. It's www.anewenterprises.net. N T E R P R I S E S dot N E T. Ah, fantastic, fantastic! And one more time in terms of the acronym A New. I thought that was very unique. Oh, you would like me to say what it stands for? It stands yes. for Another Nubian Excellent Writer. Ah, see, no one else has that. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's so one. I, I want to hear it, it. again. I, I want to make sure that the people who are listening uh, that they they understand uh, when they hear the business name, they may think, "Hey, a new enterprise." But a new actually means it has more meaning, more uh, uh, what we would call depth uh, to it than just the title mm-hmm. alone. So we want to yes. share that that with people. So. Uh, I really, really uh, enjoyed uh, having you as the honored guest this evening. And, again, our uh, honored guest is Rebecca McFadden, and uh, she's uh, uh, located in New York. Uh, She resides in Kings County, New York, and she's had a really tremendous uh, career professionally. And uh, she is doing great things as an author of of a couple of books, a novelist, a poet, and she also, of course, leads the uh, Poet Club, the Poet Tree Club. And so uh, really uh, uh, great to have you. want to get you in on another interview uh, sometime soon, and uh, we can be able to share even more from a different perspective. And, and so do we get that agreement now, Rebecca McFadden, or do we get this later? <laughs> oh, no, you get it now. Uh, you get it now. Here we go. Here yes, we go. Yes, because so you're, you're an excellent interviewer, and so I would definitely love to do it again. Okay, that sounds great. And so you heard it here first, people. We're going to bring her back. We're going to do some more things, and we're going to approach uh, the interview from a different perspective in the future. But for what we have this evening, it definitely provides us with sufficient amount to carry us through. And the number one thing I want people to take with them, Rebecca, is to go out and purchase your book. That's the number one thing. Uh, We have to support our authors and her works make a tremendous difference. As, as many people know, that the life of a book is 72 years. So you can get this book today. You can read it quick, or you can take your time reading it. But we want to get books in your hand, again, uh, uh, strong enough for a man. And, and also uh, looking at uh, her other book, which I know you'll love, is Surfing to Find the One. And so uh, get out there and uh, purchase her books, and we're going to do this again sometime soon. I want to thank you, Rebecca, for being the honored guest today, and I'll get you in on another interview soon, and we'll get that scheduled. So thank thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. Have a a great day, and uh, I will definitely uh, be in touch with you. Okay. Thank you, and you have a great day, too. 
and everyone Same else on the line. Okay, bye. Okay, goodbye. Thank you. And again, uh, our uh, guest, the New York-based novelist and poet Rebecca McFadden, she shared the backstory of her books. Uh, she's written two amazing books. I really want to encourage you to go out, out, out and purchase not just one book, not just two. Purchase it for your whole family, other people in your community, and also for different organizations you can purchase her books as well. And, and don't delay. Do it today because we have to keep our authors going. This is a really tough time here with COVID-19 and the pandemic. More people are spending time at home, and there's nothing better than having a book by your side to read, a real physical book, and uh, read that, and that will uh, definitely help make for a more a better day and a more engaging uh, entertainment. My time is up and I thank you for yours. I'm host Paul Lawrence Van. Thank you for another wonderful, wonderful episode of the Wealthy Speaker Talk radio show. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you on the next broadcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Paul Lawrence Vann.